粤语白白讲播客节目，白国荣、白文杰同你论尽粤语语言及流行文化，齐齐白白讲。This is Chatty Cantonese, where we chat about all things related to learning and teaching Cantonese, with a little bit of pop culture thrown in. 大家随时可以到我哋嘅网站 chattycantonese.com 揾到所有对话嘅文本同埋英文翻译。As always, you can find transcriptions of our conversations on our website, chattycantonese.com, as well as English translations. 今日我哋嘅嘉宾刘宝珠，佢系一位温哥华嘅画家。佢嘅作品包括多种媒体，例如漫画、动画、壁画同埋绘本小说。佢曾经参与奥斯卡得奖动画《爱的发型》，以及。Netflix 同埋卡通频道嘅制作，佢亦都系一位粤语学生。今日我哋好荣幸可以听到 Pearl 佢嘅语言学习经历。我哋嘅对话分成两部分，所以记得下个礼拜翻嚟听埋第二部分啦。Pearl Lo is a Vancouver-based artist whose work stretches across media ranging from comics to animation to murals to graphic novels. They worked on the Oscar-winning animated short Hair Love. As well as projects appearing on Netflix and Cartoon Network, they are also a student of Cantonese. And today, we're thrilled to hear more about Pearl's language learning journey. Our conversation has been split into two parts, so be sure to check back next week for part two. So, welcome to Pearl. We're so excited to have you on this week, especially given all your artistic accomplishments. But one thing we'd like to ask of you as one of our guests is to introduce yourself in terms of your relationship to Cantonese. 系啊，我哋喺度欢迎阿 Pearl Lo， 我哋好开心啦，有一个好犀利嘅艺术家，咁啊佢会介绍下佢系诶做啲边一方面嘅艺术啦，同埋佢同广东话嘅关系啊，咁样，我哋欢迎 Pearl。Hello， 大家好 ，Hi，My name is Pearl， and、uh, this is actually an interesting first introduction in Cantonese， because in English I would Introduce myself as Hi, I'm Pearl Lo. I use they/them pronouns. Boko hai Guangdong wa in Cantonese. Everyone is Ko, so <laughs> it's kind of different. But yeah, my name is Pearl Lo, and I am a Cantonese Jamaican artist. I work in animation. I currently work at Cartoon Network, and I've worked for clients like Netflix and Sony. And currently, I'm learning Cantonese, and I'm learning it because it is my heritage language. One thing that I think a lot of people are curious about is how to actually go about studying Cantonese. While there are some schools like UBC that have awesome Cantonese programs, there are also a lot of places where there isn't necessarily access to formal classes, and that means a lot of people have to turn to the internet to find ways to study. And I know that you've documented a lot of this on social media, and it's been really helpful for a lot of people. So I was wondering if you could share that further with our listeners and just explain. How did you locate the stuff that has helped you the most? I think there are many Cantonese friends who might go to school to learn Cantonese. Like our middle school students. But there 咁誒、呃，你係用啲咩方法咧？或者你係點樣組織嘅咧 ？Yeah, I feel like studying Cantonese has been kind of a fragmented experience,、um, in a way, just because resources 
tend to be actually abundant, but it's something that you have to really search out. Like we have programs like at UBC. I've particularly studied at Langira at their night classes. I've taken some of their Cantonese courses, but it's always been kind of like a, an on and off process because sometimes classes would be in session and they would be canceled the next semester because not enough people signed up. And sometimes you would have to then fill in the blanks with online resources. And so, yeah, I had to turn to podcasts. I had to turn to YouTubers who have made their channels kind of like learning platforms for teaching Cantonese. And I've also had to turn to friends who wanted to connect and have conversations in Cantonese or broken Cantonese and uh, learn that way. Um, so it's been definitely a mixture of trying to, you know, get formal training at schools, but also trying to pull resources wherever I could find them and also with the help of friends. Would you mind expanding a little bit on that in terms of what it's been like studying Cantonese alongside friends? I feel like some people have this image of language learning, especially in the digital age of just holding up in a room and staring at flashcard decks or online grammar explanations. But I think there's also a huge benefit in studying with a community. So what has that been like for you? Yeah, I feel like when studying with friends and community members too, I would include that in the same umbrella. Um, that would be something that's really that is something that's really helpful for me. For example, learning a specific topic like going grocery shopping or asking for directions or something like that. I currently live very close to Chinatown and I'm able to just literally go out in the street and practice my Cantonese firsthand. For folks who don't, you know, have close proximity to a center of like Cantonese culture like Chinatown, you know, there's a really big population of Cantonese folks here and making friends and finding out that Cantonese may be one of the languages that they speak um, is a nice way to one, get to know each other and two, maybe explore kind of uncharted territory. And I have a lot of friends who also have Cantonese as their heritage language. And a lot of them have kind of stopped speaking Cantonese outside of their homes. But I think that through kind of having conversations about reconnecting with our heritage language and wanting to study at our own pace and in our own way and kind of reframing what it's like to study with maybe friends instead of, you know, at Chinese school, writing characters and like kind of more in a formal setting that kind of shifts our perspective and makes it more inviting to learn um, together. And yeah, I think that if you can't also, if you're not in a community that doesn't have a lot of Cantonese learning folks or Cantonese folks in general, I would really recommend trying to find partners, conversation partners on like Reddit page. I follow Cantonese, subreddit Cantonese. And there are tons of people, if you just post online being like, hey, I would love a Cantonese partner. Lots of people volunteer um, and are really excited to, to have conversations in Cantonese. You just mentioned this distinction that I've also heard other heritage speakers bring up in terms of a difference between speaking or learning the language at home versus doing so in other environments or contexts. Would you mind saying a little bit more about what those differences have been like in your experience and maybe what you've 
learned about speaking Cantonese in different contexts. 咁有好多人嘅屋企，佢哋嘅家庭背景係講廣東話嘅，或者講其他母語嘅。咁佢哋學語言嘅時候啦，可能同其他嘅學生佢哋喺學校學都會唔一樣嘅。你可唔可以解釋下？誒，即係根據你嘅經驗咧，你理解有啲咩唔同啊？或者佢哋同嗰個語言嘅關係係點樣？ Yeah,、hmm. that's a good question, and I think that there are differences between heritage speakers who are perhaps second generation Canadian, for example, and folks who are maybe first generation. I feel like, for example, a lot of folks that I know who are my age who speak the language at home, speaking it outside of the home seems kind of Like an extra, an extra step, like an extra, like piece of effort that they have to do because it's like we live in a English-speaking society and we tend to just default to English. I think that,、um, in contrast to maybe somebody who has come from Hong Kong and has been immersed in that type of like Cantonese-speaking environment, speaking Cantonese all the time, any outside of the context of your home, might be more comfortable and more familiar and、um, more common than maybe CBCs Canadian. Chinese-born Canadians here.、Um, that's not everybody, but from the people that I know, that's part of the puzzle piece. I also think that not everyone, again, but there can be a lot of how can I say shame attached to speaking Cantonese outside of the home, not because of feeling shame for speaking Cantonese, but because perhaps we're not as fluent as our parents or our loved ones. Wanted us to be, and so speaking it outside with you know aunties or uncles who are very fluent, and sometimes we get reactions of like, oh, you don't know how to speak. I don't know what you're saying. Sometimes that could be an obstacle and something that discourages us from wanting to use it outside of the home, outside of a comfortable environment where maybe not so comfortable, but a familiar environment where okay, my parents know my broken Cantonese. I'll speak it here, but outside maybe I won't. Dive into that territory as much because I'm not as comfortable. I also know that in addition to Cantonese, you've also been studying Japanese and French. Has studying these three very different languages at the same time affected how you think about each of them, or has learning one of those in turn affected how you thought about another one of them? 我哋都知道你除咗廣東話之外，都學緊其他語言啦。咁你都有學法文同埋日文啦。咁你學緊呢三種語言嘅時候，你都會唔會影響你誒、呃、一路學誒嘅、呃、時候對其他語言嗰、那個誒、呃、感覺啊，或者態度啊，都會唔一樣？誒、呃，你可唔可以講下咧 ？I think that on a surface level, I've learned that listening、uh, skills. Fluctuate between different languages that I'm learning. I find that Cantonese speakers speak really quickly, <laughs> and so listening to Japanese in contrast, not that Japanese folks don't speak quickly, but I just feel like I can distinguish different words from other words easier because when Cantonese speakers speak with those six tones and you know some words that are similar, I feel like that skill has kind of provided me with different perspectives of languages and. How I receive them in different ways. I think also on a on a deeper level, learning Cantonese has kind of like shown me how much language matters. I think that 
before I thought learning a language was, you know, just for fun and whatever, which it is. But I think that especially because, you know, the erasure of languages is very real and that's very real for Cantonese that I kind of reframed language learning in general. And because I do have a particular connection with heritage, this language, um, Cantonese as my heritage language, I think that it's me, given me like a perspective of every different type of language as a tool to connect community and a tool to understand people on a deeper level culturally um, and just like on a human level. Yeah. I'm also curious because, you know, we've been talking a lot about sort of sound and parsing what we hear, but your artwork is, is visual. And I'm curious if there's ways in which sort of paying more attention or studying language recently has affected the work that you do visually. That's a really interesting question. And I don't think I've ever thought about how language learning has influenced my uh, art on a visual level. I think perhaps I've done a couple of comics, for example, in Cantonese. And I think that it's been interesting to see how I how like what parts of storytelling I'm focusing on um, because I want to convey what I want to say in another language. I think that's interesting what I choose to omit or include. I feel like because my language skills in Cantonese are still fairly basic, I feel like my art reflects that in a way where it's to the point and it is clear just from kind of like a, if you just looked at it for two seconds, you would understand the meaning kind of thing. So I think that's how language learning has influenced my visual art so far. Uh, I'll be paying attention to that to that question and, and keeping that in the back of my mind uh, moving forward because I'm curious how that would continue to affect my visual art. Do you have any plans to work on uh, sort of more Cantonese language projects in the future? I would love to create cartoons with heritage speakers in mind. I think that if I were a kid and I watched cartoons that were catered towards kids who spoke this language in their household or it was their second language or whatever, um, that I could watch a kind of show that would cater to my level, that would be something that would be really helpful. I think there are a lot of there are a lot of cartoons that have like, you know, dubs um, in complete fluent languages. But I think it would be an interesting thing to try to play around with cartoons that cater to trying to teach kids how to speak a second their second language in a palatable way and in a way where at the end of like each episode they can come away with a couple of terms or know how to suddenly say a sentence or whatever. I think that's something that I'm really interested in just because I work in the world of animation. But also doing more comics too. I, I, I have a really strong urge to make a like Cantonese language book comics, like Cantonese language comics. But for adults, I think there are a lot of learning resources for children, but there aren't too many learning resources for adults and that talk about 
you know, kind of culturally, culturally relevant things that adults take in, you know, bringing your partner home. Oh, maybe we're different cultures, you know, like those kinds of things and learning about terms that would describe that type of situation. I, I feel like I would really want to write about that. 欢迎大家留言同发问，记得点赞、订阅，并同身边对粤语有兴趣嘅朋友分享本节目。As always, we welcome your questions and suggestions. Also, don't forget to like and subscribe, and please share with any friends who are interested in Cantonese.